Ladies and gentlemen, citizens of the universe, fantasy footballers, Dynasty League dirtballs, NFL draft fans, and DFS degenerates worldwide, this is the Roster Watch Podcast, presented by RosterWatch.com. Roster Watch Nation, prepare for pop, flash, and sizzle. Prepare for knowledge bombs and cockamamie business. The Roster Watch crew is here to deliver the goods you can't find anywhere else. Here is your host, RosterWatch.com Editor-in-Chief, Alex Dunlap. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the epic Roster Watch podcast brought to you by RosterWatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap here as always with Byron Lambert, and this is episode 25 of the Roster Watch podcast, the Quadrant Centennial edition of the Roster Watch podcast, the Sterling Silver edition of the Roster Watch podcast. If, if we were, if this was 25 years and we were married. Starting awesome. to feel like it. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, a, a, a big, uh, a, a big roster watch podcast uh, going up for you guys today here on a Friday, heading into the weekend to have something to listen to as you are, if you're anything like Byron and I, probably like painting some shit around your house or taking out some garbage or yelling at some of the workers around there to quit stealing your cologne. Installing doors, pouring <laughs> driveways. After like after the previous eight years of living in the same East Austin neighborhood, Byron and I are both actually in the process of selling our homes for different reasons. And man, when you sell your home, you don't realize how much shit you have. Just you, just the act of getting everything out. Getting it ready for sale, like you guys might have even, you know, uh, we record the podcast here in my home office, and you guys might have even noticed over the course of the last three episodes or so, there's more of an echo in here because it's like there's just not as much shit around. I, I think that, you know, I think that just even just the closets being empty and the, you know, the house not having as much stuff in it just makes everything more like, like a, you know, like a chamber that echoes. It was definitely a huge, paralyzing, and very painful process. But what I will say is it's an opportunity to get rid of a lot of shit in your life that you don't need, and you realize that things suffocate you in life. And getting, I literally threw almost everything I have away. Everything I own is in a 10 by 10 storage unit, and I'm probably going to throw half of that shit away here pretty soon. But I'll tell you, it's made me very, I'm going to be very, very cognizant moving forward uh, of anything that I acquire. Just to, just to have a, you know, because the hardest part of the things you acquire is once it comes time to move them or take them away from the spot where they've been sitting, doing you no good, bringing you no joy. Things you've done nothing doing with. Nothing you didn't even know you had it. You. you come to, you have to come to a decision-making process. You have about to look whether through it all carefully, kits it, or whether you're going to keep it. Do you want to sell it? Am, Am I, I going to go through the trouble of selling it? Am I, I going to get goodwill? every one of these damn things up on Craigslist? You know, do I need, do I hire somebody? To, like, and you put yourself through this, this turmoil whereas man when you just let go it feel dude it feels good it feels good just to I, a bunch of this stuff i took to storage but i have a big dumpster out in my front yard i know just like you do and just throwing this stuff away throwing away like a a you know just to like a little i'm just i'm looking out there what's in it and you know throwing away like a bunch of old iphone cases you know like 
still like a, a case that's not going to fit any iPhone that you ever have ever again. You know, why, why has this thing been clogging up some drawer out in my closet? Like what, what is this, what, what is this tennis ball going to do for me? I don't play tennis. I, you know, I like, I don't live anywhere near a tennis court. There's just, you know, there's just a, a million things that you can, you know, just get rid of and kind of clear out and unclutter your life. So that's been one of the nice parts of it. You know, the harder parts has been basically every other part of this whole goddamn process. The trash man coming home to roost. I mean, the more you adopt his strategies, <laughs> the more enjo enjoyable life becomes. Yeah, I'm not sure. What, well, I'm not less, sure you want to be less stressful. That's for sure. Yeah. The, the trash man has done without things for basically his whole life. We're going to hit you with it early and often. If you like the podcast, please support the podcast. Become a pro member at rosterwatch.com. That's the best way that you can do it. Like we talked about last week, that's like our version of like a Patreon. You know, you listen to all these podcasts where they have supporters, they have people financially backing the podcast. For us, we don't have anything like that. We're not, you know, we're not telling you you need to pay to listen to this podcast. What we are asking is please go to Rosterwatch, get a pro membership. We keep doing the podcast that way. And also you get access to like all of the tools, all the pro tools, and you're going to be able to win your fantasy championship every single year because of it. The other way you can support the podcast, of course, is by giving us a good rating in iTunes, a good review in iTunes. Byron, have you looked through this week? Are there any that are up for nomination for the review of the week? Yeah, no, no. The listeners have been posting good five-star reviews Perfect. furiously, and we're so, going to recognize some of them later in the podcast. We'll get to that towards the end of the podcast. We'll give away a few uh, credits to uh, their pro accounts for the winners of uh, review of the week. We got any news and notes we want to get to to start this thing? Yeah, I mean, things coming home to roost as usual. Mike Evans, wide receiver Tampa Bay, uh, coming out and saying that he is – very excited to play uh, opposite Deshaun Jackson this this season because it should open things up for him big time. So, yeah. <laughs> Not to mention O.J. Howard. We've set O.J. Howard in the seam and Deshaun Jackson on the outside. How are you ever going to double cover uh, Mike Evans? And if you do, it's just going to be a bonanza for Jameis Winston. My question is, what do you think – how much do you think the target volume comes down with those two? I don't. I think Mike Evans is a, just going to be a beast with a bunch. He's still going to get a ton of targets. Deshaun Jackson's not a target hog, and I like O.J. Howard. I think he could threaten eight to ten touchdowns maybe, but, I mean, how many receptions can he possibly have as a rookie? Not many. I mean, we saw it last year, like we have talked about, it felt like Hunter Henry kind of did the unthinkable. Jenna Lane, our good friend, uh, uh, Bucks uh, beat writer and uh, reporter for ESPN. Uh, she's she's covered the Bucks with maniacal effort for many many years now. Uh, somebody we have uh, great respect for her work, and she says, "Cameron, yeah, very glad, very glad to see her not get fired in this in this round of layoffs." Well, hold on. Speaking of that, brings up a good point. I've been meaning to ask you this: with these ESPN firings and the shakeups at ESPN, have you started to notice things like Stephen A. Smith on political news shows? as a pundit and guys like Adam Schefter dipping their toe into reporting on bas breaking basketball news. What well, is going on? Adam, the Adam Schefter basketball news stuff that's been coming to roost for a while. For, for about a month now. No, more, more. more. I've heard him because do you, do you know what it is? Do you know he's, he's got the agents an, at CAA or something that handle all these guys. He's an, he's an avid NBA DFS guy. Ah. He sets a lineup a day. Schefter does. Yeah, and so he, 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 he loves it. He talks about it. I've heard him on podcasts where he does, where he kind of talks about the NBA stuff. 
He's, uh, you know, even his wife has been, his wife in, the, in recent months has been starting to ask him, what's up with all this NBA shit that you're doing? Why are you watching NBA? Why, you know, but it's, he says that it's all stemmed from his love from NBA DFS. And so I think it's something where he's just kind of well, spreading his I would imagine, it appears to me that ESPN has asked him to start cross-pollinating a little bit. It could be. They want I, more I value. It's I like they want a guy that, who could play two positions man, I on think, the roster. I think that they want a lot of guys who can do that, that, they're, that they want a lot of these guys to not be redundant. You know, they, they, notice they got rid of all the hockey, all the hockey folks. And they got rid of a lot of the folks that are just kind of like they just do one thing. Yeah, like, they trim the fat. They want somebody like Schefter who can do take on multiple roles. I think they probably pay him a boatload of cash, anyways. I think though with Schefter, I think because like Schefter, I think like with our boy Mike, uh, our Matt Barry, guys like Mike Clay, uh, you know, the, the, as far as the fantasy goes, they don't want those guys to do anything except fantasy. You know, like I, I don't think that they're going to be asking certain people to. They're gonna. They want certain people to keep doing exactly what they do. I think Schefter's one of those guys. I just think that this latest deal with basketball is just a little foray that he's kind of gotten into. So then I hear the other night, I'm uh, the TV's on in the background. I don't even know what channel I'm. Is, but I hear Steve, Stephen I, A. Smith. I, I hear politics. somebody hooting and hollering about politics, uh, some kind of mainstream media show. And I just keep thinking to myself, man, that sounds a lot like Stephen A. Smith, but there's no way it can be. And then I looked down at Twitter, and that's Twitter is a buzz. About Stephen A. Smith going, uh, just taking his opinionated stances to the realm of politics. Well, I, I guess he was one of the casualties of ESPN. No, he's just he's he's cross pollinating as well now. Yes, and like all the good journalists got got fired, and the, and now they're I mean now they just have Stephen A. Smith on there in shit talking contests with like Levar Ball. And arguing with other idiots about whether LeBron is better than Michael Jordan or having these conversations that there aren't ever going to, you know, you can yell about and yell about and yell about and never come to an answer on and never find out who's right regarding. I mean, it's like, it's, it's chasing your own fucking tail. And uh, I was just, you know, getting, getting back to Jenna Lane, certainly happy to hear that she was one of the ones who was, who was kept on board because we, boy, man, like Ed, like you, you lose an Ed Werder? Yeah, you think, and you think had a nobody tough run, is. too. They fired him on the day his dog died. He's had poor guys had all the cancer in his family. And Ed Warder's a good guy. Hey, but this these these changes represent represent opportunity in this industry. And you can you can bet it's opportunity I got my eye on. <laughs> what does that mean? I think there's a lot of potential things that can be done here for Roster Watch Nation as this thing up plays out. The, the media is changing. The content business is changing. Thing journalism is changing. You know, newspapers are changing. Our good friend Shireen. Fired. I can't believe they fired Shireen, man. Of the Fort Worth Star what Telegram. She's been the head of the PFWA for years with she, she John McClain. I think she was the first female PFWA president. I mean, she, she's she been on that beat forever. What she's I'm, been here in Texas forever. There's a big shakeup here, and I'm not sure there's enough jobs for all those people to go around. So I'm just seeing a shift in the future of the way that this thing's going to work, and there's a lot of talented people out there with a lot of contacts, and... We're maniacal at Roster Watch. We're always thinking about how we can get an advantage for Roster Watch Nation. So you can bet we'll be reviewing that as part of our uh, development plans moving forward. Anyways, we mentioned Jenna Lane because she says uh, to be reminded that Cameron Braid is still going to have a pretty solid role in this offense as well. well I, I believe that remains to be seen. I think mainly the takeaway here is this thing is loaded up for a Jameis Winston monster. But back to Mike Evans, I – 
I have no concerns about Mike Evans this year. You don't Zero think it could concerns. be more? Dude, I mean, 16 games in 2016, 173 targets. You don't think it could be more like a 2015 where it was 148? Even if it was, you're still looking at 10 targets a game. I think he's going to be in the 10-target club. He has Every to week. be. I don't know. I mean, there's going to be some weeks with eight or nine targets, but there's going to be some 16-target weeks. Jeez, man, you forget that even as a rookie, he had 123 targets, He's 12 a monster. touchdowns. Monster. With a, and Jameis Winston is a good quarterback, and they, he likes Mike Evans. Speaking of— Another thing that I did not remember from 2015, do you, do you remember the sophomore touchdown slump out of Mike Evans? A little bit, because of what was it, a 10-touchdown monster as a rookie? 12 as a rookie, 3 in 2015, then back to 12 in 2016. Yeah, he had a sophomore slump a little bit. I think he was a little hampered by injury. Dude, that guy's a beast, and he's a professional, and he's a good guy. Yeah. I want Mike Evans on my fantasy teams, always. Uh, well, speaking of, I guess, a former Jameis Winston wide receiver, Kelvin Benjamin has come out and said that he is – He's got to be in the best shape of his life heading into training camp and heading into this season, and uh, he was disappointed with his offseason to this point. And well, he why didn't he do he something about it? wants to let his teammates it. know that he's back. So what do you think? Why didn't he do something about it if he was like, so disappointed? Sounds awful. I saw a photo of him. He didn't look that fat. I saw a photo of him and Cam during the, uh, the minicamp. What's Kelvin's ADP right now? Let's see. Uh, I mean, I mean never he's, forget, he's, got, he's going to be a threat for 10 touchdowns. His ADP is far too high. In, in MF, and the, these are just MFL 10 ADPs, of course. But the ADP right now is a – yeah, I, I have him so far down on this cheat sheet that nobody's ever going to – it's 54. How much do you like Cam Newton right now? I think I like him more as a real-life quarterback coming into this season than I do as a fantasy one, for once. I think with the new weapons he's going to get, I think that his completion percentage is going to go up quite a bit. He's going he to seem some action more on accurate. Those receptions to McCaffrey, too. He's going to get big action on yards after catch, not only to him, but I think Curtis Samuel is going to be able to get, is going to be able to get free you know, on, 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 for pretty high percentage looks. It's going to open more things up for a Greg Olson. And if they can, I mean, when do they get? When are the Panthers ever going to get anything going out of Devin Funches? Are we just? What? Where are you on Funches? I don't even have him on the on, on the MFL ten cheat sheet. Do you think that he's even worthy of being on there? I mean, I'm sure I could look at the very bottom of the list and make some arguments that he could be on there with some of those guys. But he's. I mean, really, you can't count on Devin Funches. You can't at this point. You can't count on him. I don't think the Panthers think they can count on him. I think he is what he is. He's a big receiver with some good physical traits that's still still somewhat raw and developing. He can take some strides, but I just don't see that as the kind of offense. I mean, that's just not the offense where there's going to be a, any single receiver that has massive production, and there's too many other mouths to feed there. I think Devin Funch is the guy who's going to make big big plays periodically throughout the season. Speaking of MFL 10s, I don't know if you want to do it right now, but it looks like I have two picks coming up in a MFL 10 that I'm in right now with – I noticed uh, I'm in this one with Josh Norris. It was a link that he put up. I, I hopped in, hopped in his uh, league, and another guy, man, from Roster Watch Nation, from the comments section, DX Dan. Oh yeah, he comments on the site regularly. Yeah, he's in this one too. So I have a draft pick coming up. I picked a 1.01 and took Le'Veon Bell. 
I'm now at the turn at uh, 2.12 and 3.01. Let's just look at who's available here. Um, okay, so it looks like as far as... Ooh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be able to make some good picks here, I think. Let's see. Let me pull up the cheat sheet. So let's see. I mean, what do you think about Todd Gurley at the end of the second? I mean, I... I have no problem with that. I'd have to. I don't know what your other options are. But. I'm gonna. I'm, it's gonna be a Todd Gurley, and then it's gonna be a. Then I'll have the choice between. Well, I took Le'Veon with the. I'm gonna get Todd Gurley and Brandon Cooks right here. I started out with Le'Veon. Sounds pretty pretty appealing <laughs> to me. I mean, those are high upside guys, right? And yeah, it's an MFL yeah. ten, so you're trying to go oh, for the monster, right? Oh yeah. I love this. Reminder to our pro subscribers that if you are participating in an MFL 10 right now, that version 2.3, the update to the MFL 10 cheat sheet at rosterwatch.com has gone live and is available for download uh, for our pro subscribers, as well as uh, version 1.2 of the Dynasty Rookie Draft cheat sheet has been updated after Podcast 24 when we got to circle back on a few things and hammer a couple couple of those issues out that's been updated is live as well right now on the site at rosterwatch.com trash man just trash man just sent in a new column last week or a new column last night so i'll have to check that out today then i'll get posts up on the ticker at some point through friday and saturday uh, pointing you to where the new mfl 10 and dynasty cheat sheets updates can be located for our pro members though you know they are just right there in your pro download section. Go in there. Both of them are now available and up for download. Also, uh, have a conference call a little bit later today with Mike Band, one of our main pro content contributors, about some really cool stuff that he's going to have coming out at the very end of May uh, as far as running back projections. Make sure and keep an eye out for that. You can find it all with a pro membership at rosterwatch.com. You mentioned Todd Gurley, and we had the notable exchange with Les Snead at the Combine. Regarding Todd Gurley's, where Les Snead acted like a huge pussy and acted I like it was the way Les Snead acted I in that. Fuck, I fucking hate Les Snead. You and do? He should have been. He should have been fired with Jeff Fisher. I thought he showed a lot of candor by just freely admitting by that. throwing Gurley under the bus and saying it didn't have anything to do with the shit that he's put around him. I didn't think. I, that's not what I took. I guess you could make that claim. I think it was nice to see somebody hold their their star young player accountable after they had a shitty second year. Well, what, I, about I when you've had a, what about when you've had a shitty career? Now, but what we got to hammer Les Snead on, because it's, he, he understands it's a confluence of, of issues in, in, on the team that led to the disappointing second season for the Lamborghini, Todd Gurley. And, you know, the thing was, two years ago, they peeled off, what, those four linemen in the draft? You know, in the year before that, they used the high first-round pick on Greg Robinson, and then... But things didn't really come together after the 15th season, so we fully expected them last year to dip their toe back into the offensive line pool in the draft. They did not. They elected not to. And certainly he pointed to that still being a concern and an issue at the Combine. So you mentioned Gurley, and I'm sitting here thinking, you know, is this situation really where, where it needs to be? So I just pulled up their draft and their depth chart, and you're reminded that Les Snead did not draft a single offensive lineman in this draft. The one move that they did make is they they brought the um, really good veteran left tackle Andrew Whitworth over from Cincinnati. They kicked Greg Robinson inside. We like that. Uh, I'll tell you, this line is still far from has me sold, though. Greg Robinson is 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 he going to be at the left guard? Left guard. So it'll oh. be Whitworth and and Robinson on the left. That could be nasty on the left An side. An inside zone. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
<laughs> I'm not oh, sure yeah. about the rest because of it. Because here's though. the thing. Ro- here's the thing. Both Robinson and Whitworth, you, we saw on Whitworth, we've seen it in Whitworth's tape in the pros and inside zone, and we saw it all the time in Greg Robinson's tape. They like they can they can they can crawl to the second level. Like those guys can those guys can get a double team on the four technique or on the five technique, get their leverage, and then one guy can get to the second level to the linebacker. That's one thing out of Greg Robinson that you always saw that he was able to do. Yeah, I'm still Regardless not convinced. Of what you two, about his feet I'm and not convinced protection. two linemen is enough to make it a good line. But I, that's a that's a great point. That's a great point. Now I'm a little surprised Les Snead hadn't done more. I I think we might look out for them to. Sniff around somebody like an Orlando Franklin who's recently been cut by the Chargers. They still have Roger Saffold on the bench, Rob Havenstein at right tackle. I think Havenstein's kind of sucks, but like I, I think that left side of the, I think that left side of the line could be dirty with oh, those two. No, I agree. That makes a lot of you sense. You get a dirty left side of the line with it. I mean, just look at the. It's just something you can build around, and all of a sudden they're real good. Just, just, just look at how the Redskins were. Well, that's why I you feel know. like if they just added one more piece, it'd be we'd right. be talking about three or four fifths of a good line versus right. two fifths of a good line. Uh, anyway, something to keep in mind as we examine Todd Gurley's value moving forward. Uh, we made a point on the last few podcasts to talk about um, the real focus in this NFL draft this year. There was a couple of real interesting focuses in the draft this year when you look back at it uh, from a bird's eye view and absorb the whole thing. But, you know, one of the takeaways is that teams went out of their way to surround their franchise quarterbacks with talented players this year. I mean, that was just across the board. We saw it from the Titans to the Panthers uh, to the Bucks to the uh, Phillip Rivers uh, in San Diego. And another place that we saw it was in Cincinnati. They went out and got Joe Mixon. They got nuclear with John Ross. Those are filthy, disgusting <laughs> players electric players that the Bengals yeah. added to their offense. And and we still got Tyler Eifert. We still got A.J. Green. I mean, so uh, Andy Dalton has basically come out and he's basically almost thanked the team for this. And uh, he's what he's been lauding after the Rick, these um, rookie sessions is Joe Mixon's uh, versatility. He says he can al- – basically he can already envision Joe Mixon being on the field for a, a, a number of different roles – uh, at any time, and you know the well went a little dry after Muhammad Sanu, Marvin Jones, and those guys were gone last year. Uh, Andy Dalton's already talking up uh, John Ross's uh, vertical speed and threat to a defense big time. Look, I'm going to own a lot of the Red Rocket in fantasy next year, at least as a QB two. I hadn't even thought about that really. Oh God, dude! I mean, people who've used the MFL ten cheat sheet have thought about it. He's like, I like Andy Dalton more than Matt Stafford. That's probably that's probably fair. It's close. I think it's, it's gonna be cer- close. It's cer- it's it's certainly not the consensus, but I do. I th- dude, Andy Dalton. You go back two years. He was like he was the he was the top five quarterback in in fantasy. Yeah, I mean Andy Dalton annually the last three or four years has been a guy that you could look at every week starting, having to consider starting him. And he's been disappointing a lot of times, but he did have the big year. And this is by far the best set of weapons he's got, and he's an improving quarterback. I think it's a fair argument. I think Stafford's a little more just of a prolific passer in the first it's place. Gonna to, it's going to be tough to take, like always, it's going to be tough to take a quarterback early unless value really falls to you with an Andrew Luck or an Aaron Rodgers. It's going to be one of these things when we play in our hometown leagues. I mean, here, quarterbacks are going to fall in MFL 10s, but when we play in our hometown leagues, you are going to love these idiots that peel off Aaron Rodgers at pick 1.12. 
or pick 2.03 and you're just going to because every time you're just going to see another one of these elite uh, running back or wide receiver options fall one spot farthest where you can possibly nab them and then later on in the draft get your you know Andy Dalton get your you know Carson Wentz get your whatever I mean like a Two guys like that, maybe even like a, I don't even know, a Blake Bortles or a Carson Palmer or something like that, and then just kind of come in with a committee. I'm telling you, <laughs> I mean, it's the kind of deal where it's going to be a, it's going to be a big boon for everybody in Roster Watch Nation that uses the cheat sheet. Who's got the better trio? Which of these trios would you rather have? AJ Green, Tyler Eifert, and John Ross, or Mike Evans, OJ Howard, and Deshaun Jackson? You can't throw. Tyler Boyd into that and Cameron Braid into the other one? Yeah, sure. Of course you could. This is our podcast. You okay. could throw that in there. That's a tough one, right? Cincinnati. You Really? I'm a little bit surprised. I thought you were going to go with Tampa. Yeah. Well, that's an endorsement for sure. Definitely. Definitely. Very Dude, interesting. Dude, AJ Green, John, AJ Green, John Ross, Tyler Eifert, Tyler Boyd. Ah. <sighs> Mike Evans, O.J. Howard. It depends on how sick O.J. Howard gets. Yeah. It's very tough. It's a close call, right? Uh, It's interesting. I I think I said Cincinnati a little too early. I might still come to – that's tough, man. You guys guys out there listening to the podcast, you tell us which which group of four you would like better if you were starting in an NFL team or just which one you like better. Yeah. Because John Ross is unproven. We think he's going to be a Deshaun Jackson. I think he's just is. We love him. He's so sick. Okay. Uh, here's a little bit of um, a little bit of what is it? Pee in your cookies or something? I don't know. I pee, can't. Pee, pee in your punch bowl or <laughs> piss in your Cheerios? Yeah, piss in your Cheerios. Here's a little piss tur- in your Cheerios. Tur- tur- here, here's a little turd tur- in, in the punch, punch bowl. bowl. <laughs> what is it? I knew I was onto something there. Eagles beat writers suggesting that LeGarrette Blunt uh, is projected for 170 rushing attempts this season. Which Eagles beat writer? Don't tell me it was Jimmy Kemsky. Sure, sure it was. I don't give a shit what he says. Logic is that Ryan Matthews was that a similar usage last year. I don't see how that makes any sense. Neither Ryan Matthews I. was hurt. That's why he didn't get the touches. And who the hell else are you going to give the ball to? You're not going to give it to Smallwood. Sproles gets – he keeps getting older and older. This thing is not going to ever get back to 10, I thought he 10 touches have, a game for Sproles. I thought he might have died. Do you remember when he died? Who, Sproles? Yes. What, at the end of the season? Oh, God, I forgot what game it was, but he died on the football field. I'm not buying this. This is a, this is a chance – if this narrative holds up, it's going to be a chance for a roster watch nation to zig while they zag. And as a matter of fact, I think there's another example of that brewing – uh, with the Eagles as well, uh, I saw Evan Silva today on Twitter, Roto World's you know big fantasy pundit, saying that he is going to pass on Alshon Jeffrey and let all of his opponents take him this year. Well, how how that Arian Foster hot take work for him back in whatever year that was? And you know, my first thought was, well, you know, we need to and run for Johnny was seconding this on Twitter. I think those two guys are boys. And, you know, I said, okay, you got to take that into consideration. There are questions with Alshon Jeffrey, but it, I'm thinking back. I told you in the last pod, podcast, I absolutely love the concept of Carson Wentz to Alshon Jeffrey. Now, it panning out is, you know, certainly another story. 
But I, you know, the more I think about it, I say this, I get the notion that it, once again, this will be an opportunity for Roster Watch Nation to zig while everybody else is zagging. And this is how we beat these fools down every single year. I'm not going to give up on Alshon going to a new system with a Carson Especially Wentz. Especially when you I told love, me his ADP. I love Carson Wentz. Yes, and Alshon Jeffrey is a perfect receiver. I love Alshon. Receiver. He needs this. They've been trying to get it. They wanted to get a Doyle Green Beckham, who we've told you from the very beginning sucks. Like they, They've tried and tried and tried to get an Alshon Jeffrey. Now they have Alshon Jeffrey. And they I think the Wint, guy that they need. Wentz is every bit a similar bomber as Cutler was. Every bit. Strong arm bomber. And except he's going to hey. break more scramble drills. I, listen, Mayock, Mayock didn't. Mayock's original love affair as a draft analyst for the NFL Network was with Jay Cutler. His second biggest love affair that he's ever had with a quarterback was Carson Wentz. Uh, he, he never wavered on Carson Wentz throughout the entire process, despite all of the other. Uh, issues that everybody continued to bring up regarding him. Carson Wentz is going to turn into be a, a fantastic quarterback at the next level. He's, uh, I consider him a golden, uh, uh, I don't even consider him a redheaded stepchild of Roster Watch Nation, even though he has red hair. I consider him a golden son of Roster Watch Nation. He's a, he's a dear, dear son. That's a dear, for sure. dear son. And the thing is about Carson Wentz is that, uh, <laughs> I mean, we've been told by NF opposing teams in the NFC East, they're, you know, People that you know are close to these organizations that they they fear the next ten years. He strikes against fear. Cars. He's, 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 he strikes fear, he strikes fear into in the, the future of the, of the division. Yeah, yeah, he sure does. So, you know, given the ADP for Alshon Jeffrey, I mean, it's not it's not crazy. What is the it's ADP? Not crazy I think the low. ADP was it was just. I remember I think thinking it was the mid third seven, round. Seventeen, twenty four, and thirty one was. Amari Cooper, Brandon Cooks. So it's middle th middle third round for Alshon Jeffrey in a PPR 3. format. Three point zero seven. You gotta like. I mean, you got. I mean, I mean, it's not. You're not stealing him, but I'm. I'm not scared of him there at all. And there's. I think there's a lot of upside. A lot of upside. Yeah. No. A, a lot of roster watch nation is going to own Alshon Jeffrey in MFL tens, and I'm sure once we retire the MFL ten cheat sheet, which will be probably. When does the redraft – we're not going to continue doing MFL 10 cheat sheet and redraft because we'll just tell you if you're doing MFL 10, use the redraft cheat sheet. But um, whenever the – you know, for the MFL 10 cheat sheet, whenever it transitions to being the, uh, the redraft cheat sheet for standard and the redraft cheat sheet for PPR, I just – I can't see Alshon Jeffrey falling beneath a – I mean, guys that are currently at ADP above him. I, like, I'm going to take Alshon over – Keenan Allen. I'm going to take Alshon over Sammy Watkins. I'm certainly going to take him over Trashman's boy, Doug Baldwin. Oh, that's not even a question. Well, it, 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 you know what? It's not even a question with MFL 10 drafters right now. They're, they're certainly taking Doug Baldwin well before Alshon. We're talking about 27 ADP versus 31. It's, it's and good, hey, man, good for, good for Evan Silva, man. Let's get his ADP lower. I'd love it. To, I'd love it. I would love Alshon Jeffrey's ADP to fall to the fourth round, and I could get two wide receiver. I could start out. I could start out my drafts with two running back ones and two sick wide receiver. I ones. think his ADP is going to continue to fall. Good, and we can kind of just stay put Free on. Free fall, please. Another big wide receiver who uh, says he's got a lot of upside this season. Dolphins receiver Devontae Parker. Jesus Christ, this. He said he's expecting a huge season in 2017, and this is on the heels of his offensive coordinator just a few weeks ago saying he also expects a gigantic monster out of Devontae Parker this year. How in the hell are we supposed to buy that? 
I'm not. I want Kenny Stills more than I want Devontae Parker in his ADP 70 spots later. Is Tannehill even going to be ready to start the season? I don't know. He tore an ACL in what? No, December, November? I don't know. I haven't even asked any questions about it because he's And even if he does start, is he the kind of quarterback that can – there's so many mouths to feed. This I'm not sure he can make value out of any of them. You Man, guys I'm go interested. take Devontae yes, Parker. No, take, no, not, not no. you guys, but y'all are roster watching. No, he's nation. talking about you idiots. Yeah. Let you the idiots. idiots go take Devontae Parker in round seven while we're snatching up Alshon Jeffrey in round four and laughing all the way to the bank Unbelievable. Uh, over the course of the summer. Unbelievable that we're even having a conversation about that. We've told you from the beginning. Look, we've told you from the beginning. Even at Devont- Devontae Parker's rookie year, like, we, like he was a guy that we've never been sold on. That's a nice roster watch T-shirt you got there. <laughs> it's been used. Well, somebody signed Colin Kaepernick so we can quit being subjected to the tweets. Which tweets? All the tweets. It's from all the social justice idiots. Somebody please sign him. And then wouldn't the mission be accomplished? What mission? They would A tweet storm that would pressure somebody into signing Kaepernick. No, don't. I hope nobody tired, signs I'm him. I'm tired of seeing these tweets. Then these idiots win. That's what they do is they but get they together still, in a big they, fucking mob they, and they fucking yell at people for not, not agreeing with them. They call everybody a fascist that doesn't agree with them. When it, when it, when it, when it turns out, all these idiots are the, are the fascists. They're the ones who say, nobody can have an opinion that doesn't agree with mine because I'm the righteous one. I am the right one. If your opinion is different, you are the fascist. That is the essence of fascism. What this is, what we're seeing occur, is capitalism. This is America. The, the NFL is a business. These are business owners that don't want to bring any cockamamie poppycock into their organizations and their locker rooms. Look, whether you like it or not, I mean, look, I, 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 I cannot stand this Colin Kaepernick stuff because what you hear, what, what you hear these idiots say is, is, you know, you hear idiots on both sides. You know, you, you, you hear idiots on the conservative side of things saying, like, how could he do that? He, you know, what, what, that's disrespectful to our soldiers, blah, blah, blah. Whereas our soldiers are, are and, and thank you to all of you who have, who, have, who have served, and I'm certainly hope I'm not speaking for you right now because I would never want to speak for, you know, in, in, in anybody who has served since I haven't. But I would like to think that our soldiers are out fighting for our rights as Americans to do whatever the fuck we want. Well, I some of them will make that argument. Some veterans will tell you that it's disrespectful, and half of them will tell you that that's what they went to join. Exactly. Service. All right. So you get yelling from, you get infighting even from that side, and then from the other side, from the left, you get every crybaby in the world saying this is racism, this is blah blah blah. Misogyny. He deserves to. He he. Like, as if this guy, like as if anybody deserves anything, as if you deserve anything in this world. You know, what you do, all you can do is work hard, put yourself in position to thrive, okay? Whenever you do things that are out of order, that are out of the realm of what's usually normal in your line of work, right? You don't stand up for the national anthem, something that people have been doing for years and years and years in football. You know it's going to put people on tilt. That's kind of the reason that you're doing it. You're willingly taking that risk. When people get put on tilt, these crybabies are not going to come up into my mentions or come up into anybody's mentions and force their hand to do anything. But you know what's really funny if you think about it is that, I mean, really the design of this whole thing is to tweet so much that somebody is pressured into signing Kaepernick, right? That's basically the design of this thing. But what's funny is if if that were to be made public that that was the reason that he actually got signed, then these people still wouldn't be satisfied because 
How can you not sign him based on what he's done? It's the, blah, 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 blah. Because, it's not, because it's not based on principle. So even exactly what they've designed would be executed. They still wouldn't be happy with it. But nonetheless, I'm tired of the tweets. I'd like to see Colin Kaepernick get signed so I don't have to see any of these tweets anymore and so that morality can be advanced 20 years for this nation. Oh, right. Yes, because it's going gonna, it's gonna to change everything. It's going to change everything. Spend all your fucking time working on this and see, it's like, it's, and yeah, it's, and, and see where it gets you. Absolutely ridiculous. Anyways, tired of hearing about Kaepernick, if that's not clear anymore. <laughs> and, and I don't even care about what he did. I don't even care about what he did. No, I don't. I just, I, I think I teams just, have the right just, to sign him or not. I just hate his supporters. What is, like, what, what, what is your point? What is your point? What are you trying to tell these NFL teams? What you would do if you were in their shoes? I got news for you. You are not in their shoes. You're not as powerful. You are not as successful. You haven't, you haven't gone to work to put together well, a giant organization and a huge business that is, that, that, is, that, is, that is yours to handle and yours to take care of. This is not yours. Like, you're not well, making these decisions. I just want understand. to tell these people to just go sign Colin Kaepernick themselves. Yeah, just go sign him. Just go, just go give him eight, eight, eight million bucks. It'll have, be, have him be quarterback for your team. I'll be taken care of. Perfect. A lot of people with the, that have done so much. Okay, so, hey, the other thing I was thinking when I was looking at Twitter today. These, these, these brave tweeters. What, is there somewhere where you can see this, or would this be a cool metric on Twitter when you're just looking at somebody's profile, just tweets per day? I'm sure. I would like to see that metric when I go to somebody's profile, tweets per day. Would you be more inclined to follow them if they were high tweet per day or low tweet per I day? I think it depends on what type of I, consumer. I do what I'll bet you that Twitter would tell you, that the average user, whether they know it or not, likes the higher tweet per day guys. Maybe. I'll bet you the higher tweet per day people are probably more popular on Twitter. And they, that's probably true. The more you're on Twitter, it seems like that you get more traction. Mm -hmm. The more you're on there, the more you're tweeting. But as far as managing my own timeline, because Twitter's so beautiful, because it's basically your own customized news feed, or no, I don't know if it's news, opinion feed, and commentary feed. So I was thinking, man, instead of having to go through somebody's, all their, uh, all their history of their tweets, I just would like to quickly be able to see how many tweets per day somebody makes. Why? Because some of these idiots just, why? Just too many tweets? For me, it's just too much. I don't need to follow people who tweet a whole lot. I mean, uh, you can tweet a whole lot if it's about subjects I like. But not too much. Well, no. I mean, here's the thing. If I follow you, it's because I want to hear your opinions on the things that you are advertising within your Twitter bio that you talk about. If I follow you because I want to hear about, you know, fishing, and all you ever do is tweet out pictures of your kids riding on their motorcycle, riding on their motorcycles or something. I like that's going to put me on huge tilt. But if if you tweet out fifty pictures a day of like different fish, you're like, hey, new, check this out, new new record smallmouth bass caught in Nevada. You're like you know that was a big one. There's, you know whatever. Like I'll, I'll take all of those tweets that you know as long as it's good content. That's the kind of content that I'm expecting from you as a provider. I'll take as many as I can get. Can I tell you one other interesting thing I heard today before I get back to football? Just something made me think of it. Is that apparently the dating sites right now across the nation are seeing an uptick in the, uh, you know how, when, like, well, I'm not sure you know, but if you ever go on a dating site, it kind of asks you, like, what your preferences are, like, strong, like this, like, for a smoker, like, is, like, a totally against it, or, like, I can live with it, or I hate it, or whatever, right? Apparently, across the board, uh, the question about do your political preferences need to align with the date 
that that thing is just soaring through the roof right now. Yes or no? Yes. They do. People, yes. Because that, everybody does. Because everybody just wants. It's so messed well, and, up. And, and I'm not going to. We're living in this world where we can't have a conversation anymore. Well, you can't. It, All you want is confirmation bias. You can't date somebody because you we have a different political We cannot have a belief. conversation. It's, yeah, it's sad. We cannot have a conversation Wait, without I, this fucking mob coming and saying, you can't say that. I'm going to leave it to your imagination. But they did say that there is a segment. Jesus. Man. They did say that there is one segment. That is much more tilted towards the political beliefs having to align than the other segment. Oh, trust me. I think I know which crybaby segment that is. Uh, Deshaun Watson is not sure if he'll be the starter in Houston for week one. We told you part of the reason that the Texans drafted Deshaun Watson. Well, you know, A, they got a historically low pricing on a good quarterback prospect. Number three quarterback off the board at number 12. Was historically, that was a really nice deal for Rick Smith there. But we also said, look, out of all the teams, the Texans are the team that may need the rookie to start the most. And I believe Deshaun Watson is the most ready to start, if necessary, this year, just based on his experience. But kind of where I want to go with this is where the hell are we on New Hopkins this year? Is this a big rebound for New Hopkins? He, because DeAndre has come out. I, I mean, there's been some rumblings lately that basically – you know, if you think about it, Hopkins has been great even with shitty quarterbacks with the exception of Osweiler. Yeah. I'm not calling Watson shitty, but you're going to might have a Tom Savage to start, then you might have a rookie in Watson. Do you know they got the Clemson sick connection. Tom's it, it's not like we forget that Tom, Tom Savage, Savage can bomb it. And Tom Savage he only I, played he only played in two games last season. And I think he could bomb it without regard to Hopkins. Well, it's just if if you if you look at it, it's like if you look at the two games he played in last season. You know, let me just let, let me just pull let me pull it up just to make sure I know which which games it, it actually was. But I mean, Tom Savage in week fifteen and week sixteen. So that was Jacksonville and Cincinnati. He was injured at Tennessee. He didn't throw any touchdowns, but he also didn't throw any picks. His completion percentage in those games was 62.1% in one of them and 63.9% in the other. So that's an average of 63%. So if that would have held up over the course of the 2016 season, he would have ranked 14th in the league. That would have been tied with Eli Manning. It would have been above Carson Wentz, above Phillip Rivers, above everybody's favorite, Marcus Mariota and Jameis Winston's, like above Carson Palmer. So the yards per attempt, that was down. But, dude, that was also tied with an Eli Manning, you know, with Savage Roy looking at 100 and uh, PFF says only 143 total snaps in 2016. But but look, if if you look at the PFF scores, if you go to Pro Football Focus and look at their proprietary grades, not that we always agree with PFF, but here are the quarterbacks in the league with as many snaps as Savage, with lower grades than Tom Savage if they played as uh, at least 143 snaps. Eli Manning, Blake Bortles. Uh, L.A. Rams, Case Keenum, RJ, RG3, Landry Jones, Josh McCown with the New York Giants, Trevor Simeon with the Denver Broncos, Bryce Petty with the New York Giants, Ryan Fitzpatrick with the New, all these New York Giants, uh, Jay Cutler in Chicago, Jared Goff with the Rams, and Blaine Gabbert for San Francisco. So, I mean, Tom Savage, if you're just looking at that very small sample size, 143 snaps, was a middling to kind of, you know. I think he might bomb it to Hopkins. 
he's not going to be that bad an option to kind of help Watson get his feet wet. I don't think it's as terrible a situation as what is What in. is Hopkins' uh, ADP? His ADP right now is, I think I believe it is at 19, which is two below Amari Cooper, who nobody in roster watch nation will be getting. I personally want to take Brandon Cooks and Alshon Jeffrey before Amari Cooper. It didn't necessarily lined out that way on the MFL 10 cheat sheet because at some point we'll have to accept value on Amari Cooper. But yeah, I have DeAndre Hopkins in a different, I mean, I have DeAndre Hopkins at the very end of the Michael Thomas, Jordy Nelson, and DeAndre Hopkins kind of tier. I see him as above a Brandon Cooks and Alshon or an Amari Cooper. Well, who do you want more? DeAndre, I mean, I feel like it's... I, I want I Hopkins more than Amari Cooper. Oh, so do I. But it, it, it's, that gets to a point, though, where... That gets to a point, though, where... I feel like when you get to that Jay Ajayi, DeAndre Hopkins, that kind of ADP of 19 and 20... Oh, I'm taking that, Ajayi over Hopkins. So am I. And that's when it gets kind of hard, because you, you kind of got to take Hopkins next, because your next choices after that are the Gurleys, are the Brandon Cookses, those guys that I just took. Um, got to take Hopkins, I think. You think you're right. I mean, that's tough. Yeah. You can take the other ones, but I think you do, you know, you're really inclined to have to take Hopkins there. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, if, if you want to check out the MFL 10 cheat sheet, once again, of course, go to rosterwatch.com. You can find all of our pro tools there. It costs less than a cheap cup of coffee to join. Uh, we certainly appreciate all your support. Like Byron says, man, with all the interaction that we have with you guys, with the way that we connect with you all on Twitter and through the comments section in the iTunes, we really feel like Roster Watch Nation is becoming more and more just our friends that we're, we're here talking to. We hope that you guys consider us your friends. And if you're ever here in Austin or, you know, ever around Texas or wherever coming to your city on the Pro Day Tour or on the training camp tour or for FSTA, you know, next month or anything. Always let us know. We always want to meet you guys in person. You know, have have a beer or a coffee or whatever it is that you do um, because we can't thank you enough. For a smoke and a pancake? Well, we'll definitely have a smoke. I'm going to be going West Coast this summer. We'll so be- I think my Greece trip is maybe getting swindled by the time frame on this housing situation. So I think what this could turn into for roster, could, this could be to Roster Watch Nation's benefit. This could turn into... The monster training cap tour of all monsters. I I certainly hope so. And I'll be wanting to get out for some of it as well this year as I was uh, swindled into missing the whole thing in 2016. We got time to get to some of these uh, maniacal reviews that have been keeping me up late at night, line by line in iTunes. Byron stays up. He The last thing he does at night is he looks in iTunes and he checks and he just hopes and hopes like he's checking his little trout lines. Just to see if there's any. I scroll down so slowly, just so waiting slow. to just see if it's the next five stars that pop up. <laughs> so please, guys, go in iTunes. I'll tell you exactly how to do it. You can do it right from your iPhone. Just uh, you go inside your podcasts, right? If you're subscribed to us, if you're not subscribed to us, just click subscribe, please. But go in iTunes, um, g- click the search button. Type in Roster Watch, and by the time you typed in like an R-O-S-T, the Roster Watch podcast will be the first thing that pops up. Click on Roster Watch Podcast. Whenever you do, it'll show the feed of, of, the, of the shows from the podcast. And right underneath it, it'll show you like a little icon that says RW Maniacal NFL Analysis. Whenever you see that, just click on the icon that has our Roster Watch logo on it, the RW logo. 
that will take you to an area where you can just click five stars and you can write a quick review. It takes you less than 30 seconds. It would mean the world to us if all you guys who listen, these surging numbers that I'm uh, beginning to see on our pod tracker, if like if one tenth of you guys just gave a, gave a review, we, we would have, you know, we would literally have hundreds, you know, thousands of, of, of reviews by now. So uh, please go give us a review listen you know click back 15 30 seconds if you didn't get exactly what i told you about how to do it and you're in need of knowledge regarding how to do it and just follow those instructions we love getting the reviews we love getting the ratings right now we're going to give away a free membership at rosterwatch.com a free month at rosterwatch.com to this week's uh, i guess review of the week yeah so let's first just start by recognizing um all of the reviewers uh in the last few days uh, flexing my gratitude muscles, five stars by JTP. Sick, maniacal, radio gold, five stars by The Lake Show. Roster Watch by Groin, not growing. <laughs> this guy's maniacal because I think it's the second time he's left a review. Perfect. You guys are the best, five stars by GDP Digger. New listener, already loving it, five stars by Higher Arch. And just can't quit, five stars by... P. Vasilico. I wonder if that's a Greek man. And raining knowledge, five stars by JCL forty seven. So let's thank get, you guys. Let's get down to it. The two reviews that kept me up feeling the most <laughs> maniacal late at night over the last couple of weeks. We're going to read these out, and then we're going to uh, award uh, both of these users a credit uh, to their pro subscription at rosterwatch.com. All right, here is the first one. Sick Maniacal Radio Gold by Lake Show, 717, five stars. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to blue ball you. Lake Show. This is groin, not growing. And I think I like this one because he makes fun of me with that title. Do not read this. I don't want my money back. You guys earned it and then some. I've listened to all 22 podcasts so far. Tried listening to another so-called expert with the initials PM and almost effing threw up. Who is PM? I don't want to let you mull that one over. Do you know who it is? Oh, yeah. Should I know who it is? Probably. You're in this industry. We're going to see that person at FSTA. But I will say about that person, he's not a, he's not a football specialist. He's, he's actually more of a golf guy. Nobody dives in as deep as you guys. Besides considering the obvious, like the system, previous performance, coaching, you get into f- to see firsthand at various camps and the really important talent evaluations. Keep up the good work, and if you want a real deli sandwich, come here to New York and screw Jimmy John's. Hey, we're going to do it. Yeah, we will be there for the FSTA. You we'll be in Bruce. Manhattan and might be able to see if we can get Alex up there on the around the 19th of June. We will be in Manhattan representing Roster Watch Nation at the Fantasy Sports If you really want us to take you up on the sandwich, we'll always do it. Email us, uh, just rosterwatch at gmail.com or info at rosterwatch.com. And here's the other one. Just can't quit. Five stars by P. Vasilko. I'm still I'm curious about the origin of this man's ethnicity. I just started listening last week, and I've already made it through five episodes. I feel like I'm neglect- neglecting the rest of my regular podcast, but I just can't bring myself to stop downloading and listening to these guys. They offer a great blend of metrics-based analysis combined with intuition and experience on the field, as well as narrative that is so often missing in a mostly metrics-based analysis. Uh, uh, industry such a solid pod, pod i'd highly recommend let's see one idea for the host would be to recap uh let's see 
Oh, they want to know more about us. This guy wants to know more about us. He wants to know more about us as the host. He wants to know more about the trash bin. They want to know, he wants to know about our lives. <laughs> and most importantly, he, he just says he wants to know who everyone is and how we got our start. As I've told you, people love the story of things. Part of the purpose of the podcast is we can really let Roster Watch Nation in on the story of things, kind of like we told you about the off-season travails with SiriusXM just a few weeks ago that are actually being shored up momentarily. We are going to be back on the airwaves on SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Channel here very shortly for you guys. Um, anyways, this gentleman goes on to say he can't wait to get a pro membership soon once he convinces his wife to let him pony up the measly $29.99 per year. Please, you guys. <laughs> or, just, or, or just do it on the monthly. Please, it's less than a cheap Well, cup. I'm about cheap to give this guy a free, you know, yeah. that's the thing. You're about to get a free month here. So this is a good way to get started, a good way to start convincing the old wife. Uh, to to let to let to let you put this on the credit card. Keep the podcast going. You providing resource, uh, valuable resources in the fantasy landscape. Cheers. So, P Vasilico, sign him up. And Groin Not Growing, who is Ray C. That looks like his name is Ray C. Both of you guys, please email us rosterwatch at gmail .com and let us know what email address is associated with your pro subscription, and we will credit your account. Immediately, and also the guy who says that screw Jimmy John's, there's a better sandwich that he knows of in NYC. Would let's give three away. Is it three? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's well, let's give him like let's let's go ahead and give him a a, a free one. Yeah, we're but, gonna give two free ones yes, to both these guys. But yes, but also email us and tell us where that sandwich is. Oh, I like that idea. Yeah, there you go. All right, all right. So. Uh, any any other housekeeping? Anything else? No. We need to get just to? thank you guys for showing Roster Watch Nation how it's done in the review section of iTunes. Keep up the good work. There you go. That is episode twenty five of the Roster Watch podcast. We will be back next week with two more episodes as we move onward and upward to it was the quadricentennial. Uh, this episode, before you know it, you're going to blink. It's going to be a bicentennial. Before you blink, it's going to be a centennial edition of. The Roster Watch Podcast. Uh, my name is Alex Dunlap for Byron Lambert. We will see you next time. <laughs>